it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Hello and welcome to Stramasty Scottish NFL Podcast. My name is Cameron Hobbs, joined tonight by Gordon McGuinness, Ian Stephen, as we turn our attention to the best. It's the West. And we'll be making our way through the two divisions, both AFC and NFC, as we complete the full set of our preseason previews. We're doing this, of course, just after the cuts down to 53-man squads have been complete. There's been trades. A couple of kickers have been traded. We'll cover some of the news later in this bit. We'll kick off by previewing what's going to happen in the West Divisions. Uh, and let's start. Let's let's just deal with the elephant in the room because actually I feel like the the conversation is going to be a bit more sensible than it might have been. Uh, listened into the podcast last week. Unfortunately, I was in Isla. Unfortunately, fortunately, I was in Isla. Unfortunately, I couldn't be on the podcast. Um, Poor woman. The the dire the dire desperate determination to stick the knife in was palpable last week. And I thought you did a very good job, Mr. McGuinness, of steering the HMS Sensible through the choppy waves of Patterson and Mitchell, which is the shittest law firm you could ever deal with. Don't take them on. You'll be screwed. Yeah, and the Trey Lance situation, clearly what I'm talking about. Ultimately... I didn't get my chance to have a say. We'll kick off there. We'll start with the NFC West. Ultimately, the guy's a bust. It's a terrible decision in hindsight. What a waste of picks. Total disaster. They've managed to no, get a fourth rounder. Not, this is but, no, no. It's not a total disaster. That trade, that whole thing was a disaster. It's no, not but, a disaster. But he's a quarterback, though. Like, so if you look in the media this week, or not, so not the media. If you look on social media this week, you've had a lot of people being like, "Oh, the 49ers were absolutely stupid to give up what they gave up to go and get Trey Lance." At the time, those same people were saying, "Well, you know, sometimes you have got to give up that much to go get a quarterback." They were picking outside the top ten. And if you look at the other quarterbacks that they could have taken at that point, like, is Justin Fields guaranteed to be a Super Bowl quarterback right now? No. Is Mac Jones? No. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The weird thing, I think, though, is I don't particularly like the fourth-round trade for either the 49ers or the Cowboys because I don't really see what the Cowboys get out of it in trading for trading a fourth-round pick for them. They're not going to play him. Unless Dak Prescott gets hurt, are they uh, even going to play him? If Dak gets, is he QB two? Uh I don't know. They cut Will Greer. I don't know if Will Greer. I don't think Will Greer. I don't think was going to be the backup because Cooper Rush still there. But anyway, I assume he's not going to play. Does his I, leg work after well, his injury last season? Does his leg work? He didn't do a lot of running in the preseason games. He definitely was choosing to throw an awful lot more. So but then I, you wouldn't risk it in the preseason, would you? So I don't love it for the Cowboys. I also like a fourth round pick for it is by the way, I've looked up. Cooper Rush is the Cowboys yep. backup, so he's probably not going to play. But for the for the 49ers, like you're only getting a fourth round pick. You you still don't know. Like Brock Purdy this preseason hasn't played that much, obviously. I don't think he's looked particularly good. Like I think a lot of it is the Shanahan system. I know you're kind of cutting your losses, but for the same reason that I don't think you should pillar the 49ers for trading up what they traded up for a quarterback, because if that hits, you win, right? You're going to contend for Super Bowls. I then 
don't then think you should trade a guy who's still in a rookie contract for a fourth rounder. Like, I just don't think you're getting any value, enough value back in return for that. Yeah, I, I, so I agree with everything you're saying. I think that if you go back and you're redoing it again, I'm not criticizing them for taking the risk because they thought this was the guy. And I think that there's, uh, well, here's, there's... here's the, Cameron, here's the question. Why wasn't a guy? Why have they given up? Why have they I... not had more patience? What, what has happened for them to say, oh my God, just dump him? So the only thing I can think here is he's still off that quarterback room commanding the most amount of money. And I think that the only thing it allows them to do is go and deal um, with the Nick Bosa contract situation. And that gets over the line. There's not a massive amount of salary cap in there. They've got rid of that salary cap. It wasn't a huge hit that he was having because obviously he's a, a rookie, but he was a first round rookie versus... Um, Brock Purdy, who's a seventh rounder, and Sam Darnold's not on an awful lot of money at all. So I think but, there's a I mean, little that, bit of money saving. That's that's that. If, if that's the case, that's completely asinine because, um, if they think they have got a quarterback who has at least the potential to be a top fifteen quarterback, maybe need some patience and he's on a rookie salary scale. That's a great deal compared to what extending a defensive end. Look, go somewhere yeah. else, get the money. To how old's how old's um, Trent Williams? He's late thirties. He's not. Yeah, well, just dump him, get somebody else in at tackle. <laughs> I don't know. The, I still don't know that at thirty-five year olds were easily replacing Trent Williams. Um, but no, it's a valid point, and I think that it's it's actually the one bit. And to, back to Gordon's point for a fourth rounder. Unless there's something that means this was the only way to to get something, I would still have kept them because I, I, I think th- that there's I think opportunity. I, I think it's one of two things. I think they've received a, a medical diagnosis on his injury and the status of a healing, and they've just thought, you know what, it's not it's not worth it. He's he's never going to be the same player he was when we drafted him and the kind of potential they had. And the other thing is he's just. Marcus Russell, Mark II, he can't read a playbook, can't pick up a playbook, just a complete and utter numpty in the locker room, and they've just thought it's too too much of a catch. There, there, situation is, to keep there is option three, and probably the most likely one is, I think I read that this is effectively what he, where how he went to the 49ers, was he's lost the backup job to Sam Darnold, which I don't have any issue with, because I think Darnold's a good fit for a Shanahan offense. Um, and Trey Lance has basically said to them, I'd like to go somewhere where I have a chance to be a number two quarterback to try and like develop again. Because the, the tough thing as well, if you're the number three, like you're the scout team quarterback in practice. Like you're not you're not even getting the backup reps in practice. So like that's where his development is absolutely hammered. I I just think it's a shame because when he came into the NFL he needed to get experience to have a chance to work out and the injury just ruined that. Yeah. If he hadn't got injured then, you know, it could have been a totally different story. As it is now, I think the chances of him developing into a starting quarterback are less than 1% just because it's been so long since he's had a significant run of meaningful snaps. But yeah. then you look at another quarterback we're going to be speaking about in the same division and you would have said the same thing about Geno Smith with his time at the Jets and now he's developed into potentially a Pro Bowl quarterback. There's always that aspect of, there's always a coach that thinks he can save that player. It's always going to happen. It's it's happened all the way through the NFL. I'll be the coach that redeems this guy's career and I'll be a genius. But it's also because like, if you're a first round quarterback, more often than not, 
you're a you're a player with tremendous physical talents or some kind of five star pedigree from high school to college, all those things. If you've gone in the first round, there's been like a reason why teams have taken you that high. So teams are always going to kind of give more opportunities to those players. It's true. It's true. So I think with the Trey Lance one, we can move on from that. Ultimately, he's gone. The Niners move on. There is question marks about Brock Purdy. Um, Can he be the player that he was uh, in that run last year? I know, Gordon, you're not particularly high on him. He isn't a player that you're going, oh, my God, brilliant. Like, I get that completely. But it's it's Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0, and you just got to hope that he's slightly better than Jimmy G is. Uh, and if he is, then actually maybe that's enough to just take that extra step. The thing for me is the Trey Lance was always that roll of the dice, that quarterback that Shanahan had never had. He still doesn't have it. So I've I've got I've got a wild take that is almost a repeat of last week. And I hope this is such a wild take that Cameron has to censor it out as he does whenever you complain about anything that I say. <laughs> Look, some of the things you say would get me fired if the wrong person and me and, and me. there's <laughs> nobody that's got anything against that we think it might be a good thing anyway anyway uh last week i bet is that a tater top bet with paul that um dorian thompson robinson will start a game for the browns this season not through injury i think the same is true of sam darnold it would not remotely surprise me if at some point this season the 49ers maybe go through a bit of a funk and just like last year they go for a little quarterback change because i think the sam darnold thing like it kind of actually goes back to what ian was saying there around like teams will take chances on on quarterbacks and there's always the, these kind of things now we're saying that when it's a first round player there's like an, an athletic reason or there's some kind of reason there Sam Donald was a good college quarterback. You put him in that Shanahan offense and it's going to give him a lot more open throws and we've seen in preseason he was pretty successful. Like, I, I don't think anyone should discount. Everyone is going to look at the, the seeing ghost stuff from Darnold in the past and all that stuff. But he's had his moments as a quarterback and this is probably the most quarterback-friendly system in football. I don't think it's that wild an idea that Sam Darnold potentially has a better quarterback than Brock Birdie. Has anyone I, actually looked into whether Sam Darland was actually being literal and he does have some sort of clairvoyant sense. Yeah, maybe he does need some sort of psychological help. He, maybe he has hallucinations and maybe we should actually uh, respect that. Yeah. If he can actually see them dead people, then you've got to say as well, playing in Levi Stadium, which is a new stadium, kind of out of a city, probably on land that's had less bodies on it, versus someone playing football in the Newlands, uh, or the, sorry, the Newlands, the Meadowlands, um, where there's probably bodies being dumped into water as we speak. You know, it's it, there's going to be more ghosts in that locale than there would no, be in San Francisco. Cameron, Jimmy Hoffa is not a mystery guest before you ask. <laughs> And your convoluted way of getting round to it. What has happened to this podcast? What just how did we get like I listened to that entire conversation and I still don't understand how we got there that quickly. It's so we don't have to talk about the 49ers, Gordon. I'm just trying to segue it's it. A good point. Team. Who should who should we move on to now then? Oh it's gotta be Seattle, our favorite yes. team in this podcast, other than our own teams. We so love the Seahawks, don't we, Cameron? I I genuinely think that the Seahawks are one of the 
biggest contenders for biggest surprise this year. And people will come at me because I'm always naysaying, right? I'm going to put my neck on the line this year and I'm going to say, I think that the 49ers will win the division, right? And I'm telling you that now. I think they'll win it. Um, but if they don't, the team that will win it will be the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and this offense has got a lot to be excited about um, within DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba looks like a very exciting prospect uh, in the slot, which is an area that they've been lacking. Kenneth Walker is a very good, exciting running back. This is one of the better offenses in the NFL, I think. I think Gino Smith, the question. Instead of testing the players for PEDs, I think they need to test the front office for PEDs because in the last two years, the Seahawks have just completely gazumped the rest of the NFL with their drafting process. Like Tariq Woolen might end up being one of the greatest draft deals in history, the way he he played his rookie season as a fifth-round pick. Devin Witherspoon this year, they've picked him up in the draft and he looks like he's going to be the perfect complement. And whatever they've managed to do to motivate Geno Smith into becoming the second coming of Joe Montana, um, I would have said like the second coming of a Seahawks quarterback, but I can't think of one. Rick Meyer, maybe. Russell Wilson? Stan Gelbaugh, he was a seat. No, you have to go back before then, Gordon. Um... So they, they've, in terms of building a roster over the last couple of years, they've done a fantastic job. But the question is, it's very much the same as Brock Purdue, the 49ers. Was last season a flash in the pan or can it be consistently maintained by Smith? It's the Cinderella question. Like, Will you I, go I, to the ball? I mean, you want you want the quarterback to not go to the ball and you probably want the wide receivers to go to the ball or the defenders. Yeah. Yes. Are you anyway, are you alleging that they're performing some sort of genetic enhancement to turn mice into offensive linemen? Where I was going with it was that perhaps Geno Smith might be about to turn back into a pumpkin. Ah, okay, fine, I, fine. So how good was he actually in the second half of the season last year? I think I think he was really good the first half of the year. Second half of the year, I don't think he was quite as good. Didn't have any didn't have any multi-interception games the first half of the year. Had two in the second half of the year. A lot more interceptions. But half. was that because the expectation was different? Is that the pressure of success because they were playing well? Um, mm, I so, think so I think the thing good. for me is like Seattle have played this chip on the shoulder that everybody doubts them for so long now. But this is a team that's just come out of the playoffs and I fully expect them to go to the playoffs again. I don't think anybody's doubting the Seahawks. Like, nobody's trashing them in this division. The the Rams and the, absolutely the Cardinals are getting way more trash talk than the Seattle Seahawks are. So I don't know that they can continue with this ongoing everybody hates us we've got a chip on our shoulder stuff. But they'll push it because I think that's what drives them forward. I think that's what... Yeah, it's just an athlete thing. thing. Tra- Travis yeah. Kelsey, when the Chiefs either won the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, was talking about how no one believed in them when they were the favourites. Like, it's just, athletes are mental. Like, that's what they do. It's just this whole, like the Michael Jordan thing when, you know, he takes every little grudge and hates it. Athletes are always going to think that no one believes in them. Gino last year as well is like his his quarterback rating was, yeah, it was all right. Like, 
I mean, there's some amazing games, like the game against the overtime win against the the Raiders and stuff like that. You know, he threw for over 300 yards. In fact, he did it two weeks in a row because the week after he did 367 against the Rams. Um, they lost that's, to the Cameron, Raiders. That, that's, that's, what, the Rams. that's what Geno Smith did in college. West Virginia, he had a couple of games where he had like one incompletion in, in the, the two games that he played and he suddenly got thrust into the kind of national... Um, consciousness. Uh, he, he's he's been a streaky player in the past, um, and maybe Seattle have found a way to extend his streakiness. I do. Yeah, also, I mean, sorry. I, I I hate the use of quarterback rate, though. Because I know, I know. I hate all statistics in football, Gordon. I'm with you. Well, <laughs> I unfortunately like a lot of other statistics. I just don't like the bad ones. You only like special team statistics. It's not true. I'm looking up some Geno Smith statistics just now. Um, the only other thing that you could add about the Seahawks last year is if you look at their schedule, you look at the wins, they beat a lot of teams that were not, that had pretty stinking seasons, right? So their wins were against Denver week one. Obviously, we know that Russell Wilson, well, it didn't take a while to for Russ to cook. Russ baked himself burnt. Um the Lions were either going to win or lose in an absolute shootout most weeks. They lost that one. They beat the Cardinals twice. Uh, they beat the Chargers, which fair enough. But again, I feel like the Chargers could be one of those teams that the defense on Seattle just big smash, hit them hard, and that throws them off. They beat the Giants, who had a good year. Uh, they beat the Rams twice, and they beat the Jets. Like, they didn't beat in the regular season any majorly significant team, I would say. So no, I, I don't know. That. I don't. I don't know how much of a misnomer that is by going through the schedule because no, sometimes I get it. They only beat what's team, in front of you. Yeah, but teams can be in a, an even par at the start of the season, and because of the fact of lost, they maybe lose um, some of their application, and it kind of skews the way you'd look at it. And a bad team often finds a way to beat itself, and, and good teams find a way to push through and, and overturn kind of bad days into a positive. So I think um, that's fair. So. Yeah. They're also their schedule this year is set up to, for them to do something very similar. Though was the follow-up point I was going to make. Well, that's, that. that's, I mean, that's any team in the NFC, though, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> apart yeah, from maybe, apart from maybe the Eagles and Cowboys who have to go against each other, and a little bit with the Seahawks and 49ers. But so Geno Smith, the first eight games of last year, was like one of the ten to twelve best quarterbacks at not turning the ball over into or so at PFF we have a thing called turnover worthy plays so you can track like dropped interceptions all that stuff it was one of the best in the NFL the first eight games of the year the second half of the season and the playoffs the only players who had a worse turnover worthy play rate than him were Zach Wilson and Taylor Heineke so I like that's the Geno Smith thing that I worry about is the second half of last year people don't seem to want to talk about this second half of last year Geno Smith was kind of Geno Smith from the previous part of his career. But was that not partly down to the injuries? Because Tyler Lockett was missing for a number of those games to I, give him the benefit of the doubt. So. I, like no. not being not being one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL looking after right. football. <laughs> yeah, like right. if he if he goes through twenty twenty three doing that like with that level of turnover where they plays about him, they won't make the playoffs. I I do though, I love Jackson Smith and Jigbutt, although he's missing the start of the season because he's injured his wrist. Um, like when he's back healthy, they could have the best wide receiver trio in the NFL. 
Mm. And they did, they did so well drafting Charles Cross out yeah. Mississippi as well. He was revelation at uh, rookie left tackle for them as well. And did Abraham they... Lucas isn't a terrible right tackle. They got yeah. him in the same yeah. draft. Like They did really well. And they've brought back Bobby Wagner as well from the Rams. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. leadership back in the, the locker room, a good veteran presence. So I, I don't think they... Are we, are we talking ourselves into Seattle being the favourites over San Francisco? No, I think we might be. If Gino, if Gino. you get Gino through the first 10 games, Gino, then they're up there. It's a, ne- it's a neck and neck, I think. Um, I think this is it. Gino's the difference. Um, it depends on what Gino is. I, again, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm back in the Niners. I get a lot of abuse for not doing so, but I'm back in them uh, this time, which means it's almost certainly the case that we're not going to win it. <laughs> and if we don't, it will be Seattle. It will be Seattle. I don't think there's anyone else in this division. I see Ooh. having a good enough season to sustain it and win it all. You say you say it wouldn't surprise you, Cameron. What kind of things do surprise you? A uh, <laughs> bunch of flowers on your birthday, perhaps? I've never had a bunch of flowers on my birthday, so I can't tell you. No one's ever given me flowers for my birthday. Okay, don't know what it's like. Make a note for podcast uh, live show. Flowers for Cameron. <laughs> uh, what would surprise me is someone turning up to a live event at the Golf Tavern that I don't know who it is. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, um, might be easier to arrange that than the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so fine. If I I said it would surprise me if it was anyone other than the Seahawks that beat the Niners. Um, you made a noise of questionable disapprovement, Gordon. I assume that's because of the LA Rams. Are you able to go back through the the uh, footage, Cameron, and replay the noise of uh, Gordon's uh, puzzlement um, no, and or no, substitute, substitute yeah. sound effect that you wish to put in? Here, here's, the, here's the noise that Gordon made now. Uh? <laughs> well, it maybe didn't sound like quizzlement. Um, so the I think there's a chance that the Rams are being a little bit underrated. And I say this as someone who thinks there is every chance that they could be absolutely awful this season because their defense is, on paper, Aaron one Donald. Player. One player. Just Aaron Donald, yeah. Aaron Donald and 10 other guys. But but some of the rookies actually look pretty good in preseason. Trey Tomlinson looks like he'll probably start for them. He's like a 5'8 guy who they drafted out of TCU in the sixth round. They're playing him outside corner, and he's just been good. All preseason at five eight in that division, you're going to get burnt. Uh, I, I mean, he, he, handled, he handled Quinton Johnson against the Chargers really well as like an outside guy. I he's a good cornerback. Okay, the NFL way overthought him by letting him go at the sixth round. But take the defense. I'm five eight. I can. I don't think I could tickle um, DK Metcalf's chin. Uh, Ian, I saw Ian's eyes light up there. Chin, um, if I was at Ca- full Cameron, week. we have oh. been through this multiple times. The reason why you could <laughs> not do these things is not because of your height. It's because you are not an athlete. Oh, that's rude. Uh, anyway, however, they do still have the pieces on offense. Yeah, they do. Uh, again, it's about injuries and come there, right? Is Cooper Cup the same player? Yeah. If if they if that offense stays healthy, then they're probably going to be one of the better offenses in the NFC. If if these, but that that entire roster 
is injury away from disaster. The offensive line does not have depth at all. It's got a couple of players that doesn't even have great starters, but there's a couple of players that I do like. I like Steve Avila, the guy they drafted also at TCU. But if they get players hurt, they're in huge trouble. That entire Rams team just smells of Tiger Bam and Liniment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of depth at any position at the Rams. I think that's the other part of it. A team that trades away Jalen Ramsey, who arguably, at least in the eyes of the media, is the best defensive back in the NFL, and you trade him away, it's not a team that says, this is our season, we're going for it. Says it's a team, a, a team that says we've had our season and our Super Bowl, and now we're kind of dwindling down before we'll get, we go give again. Us, give us um, Caleb Williams, but we're, yeah, we're, I, don't, we're, I don't think they're going to be that bad. We're, we're hungover, we're having a kebab, and uh, we'll see you 24 hours' time after some Lucas Aid. <laughs> Uh, what does 24 hours equate to in seasons? Is that next year or a couple of years down the line? I think it's 17 games. All right. <laughs> yeah, from memory. Um, That's the tough thing for the Rams, though, is that like they've got enough talent that I don't think they're going to be bad enough to finish with one of the top three or four picks. Like I think worst case scenario, they pick in the second half of the top ten, which point they're going to have to give up a lot to trade up. I think... I think it's such a an alien mindset for us in the UK because we're used to our own sports teams, be it football or rugby, where the last thing you would ever want is your team losing a game because you're probably going to get relegated or you're out the cup or whatever. And to even contemplate a team like the Rams deliberately losing at some point to try and enhance personnel next season, it's it's normal for Americans. They'll, they'll easily buy into it but I'm still not swayed and thinking that there can ever be an official or unofficial edict from management that says we are deliberately going to lose this season because uh, sponsors wouldn't sponsors but wouldn't go for it they, they also the players just don't go for it players no the players they get paid less less money effectively if you play badly and you you've also got um uh, the other point that I was going to make that I've forgotten, but both of you know what it is, so I don't need to. I don't need to digress anymore. And not only that, but I fully agree with it. Um, I think if you want to look at a team though that's tanking intentionally, but doing it in the most like they they might they can try and win all they want, but I'm not sure they will. And this is going to come back and haunt me because this is typical. Because Colt McCoy's beaten the Niners before. Ah, <laughs> um, we play the. The 49ers play the Cardinals on week four. Oh, good. That's a win. Um, And that's the last game before Kyler Murray comes back. No, it's not. No? Kyler Kyler Murray's not playing this year. Do you not think so? Do you think that's it? He's done and done. Kyler Murray's... Well, I I could be very, very wrong here. Kyler Murray's contract is only guaranteed for injury at this point in time. Okay. The, The Cardinals can, I think get out of that contract a lot easier in the coming seasons, especially after this season. I think, not 100% in this, but on anything through injury, if he winds up coming back next year and he gets hurt again, they're on the hook. And if they don't play him, they're picking number one overall in all likelihood. Yeah. (laughs) Can we talk about the fact that an NFL team made a decision to 
trade for Josh Dobbs to either be their starting quarterback or is going to start Clayton Toon, who is a fourth or fifth rounder. Was pretty fifth good rounder. in college. Yeah. Pre- pretty good in college, to be fair. At Houston, I think it was he was at, but he was bad in preseason. His sister's actually Ella Toon, who played um, <laughs> for the England women's football team. <laughs> Uh, here's yeah. a question here's a question that I have and it's a question that needs to be asked and I don't know if either you can answer it but does Josh Hobbs have any eyebrows Josh Hobbs yeah. who's Josh Hobbs is that not the quarterback that... Dobbs, Dobbs. If his I, name I'm, was, Dobbs. I'm pretty sure I called him Hobbs as well if his name was Hobbs I would have been all over it Nate Hobbs is the only Hobbs currently in the NFL oh. even then also, also doesn't have alopecia that's what I'm asking you. If he does have alopecia, he doesn't have any eyebrows, and and does that not affect him with sweat getting in his eyes? I, I mean, I I genuinely just don't know enough about alopecia to know like what the impacts are there with sweat in your eyes. I don't know that alopecia directly results in hair in your eyes. It's more it, hair in your eyes, um, sweat in your eyes. It's the lack of eyebrows that mean like I. So when you go to the barbers. And they say to you, would you like your eyebrows done? I never say yes to that because one time I did, they trimmed them right down. And for weeks afterwards, I got sweat in my eyes anytime I was warm and sweaty. And it like was it was running into my eyes. And I was like, I never realized the impact my eyebrows had on my life um, until they weren't there. Cameron, people are always very nostalgic about things from the 70s and the 80s and the bemoan the fact that they, they're not able to do them anymore. Like people like the the tactile nature of using a rotary phone where they're going to phone somebody or people like the fact you could um, actually speak to somebody in person whenever you wanted to make some sort of transaction. The thing that I think was the most missed part of the 1980s is goalkeepers putting Vaseline on their eyebrows to stop any water getting in. Just Jim Leighton, just on the pitch, with like two jars of Vaseline stuck to his forehead. Those are the kind of things that the youngsters of nowadays they, they just don't imagine how how bad they have it is it because though that goalkeepers now are actually fit athletes that don't sweat because they're just standing about in goal whereas the Jim Leighton Andy Gorham era were perhaps less less athletic and that that eyebrow to Vaseline ratio needed to be somewhat um out of kilter because they were unfit itself and I'm sorry Jim if you're listening to this um but you know, I never, you never struck me as an athlete. See, if you if you're a goalkeeper, though, the last thing you would possibly want is a lubricant anywhere near your person. Imagine you robbed your eyebrow by mistake. You went to save a shot, and it goes right. Wouldn't you put stick them on your eyebrows? But then the sweat would just build up, and then you'd have like little pools of sweat. And then anytime you, you tip your forwards, you can you then can you could end up channel it like guttering. Right, I mean, you could you could shape it in a way, but. Um, is Stickham still illegal, Gordon? Yes, I'm pretty sure it is. Is it illegal yep. in our football? Absolutely no idea. No. The other, no, the other... Not in your hand. You can put anything you want in your hands. I, did, did I not tell you the story about how I manipulated a, a Scottish Premier League defender into wearing wide receiver gloves when he played uh, top flight football? <laughs> no. no. Which Livingston player was this? Alan Lifko. Um, he used to have the best uh, throw-in in Scottish football. It was brilliant. And he explained to me how he he did it. And it's actually a kind of American football technique that he uses. That he was talking to me, he said, oh, it's, it's rubbish and when it's raining, I can't I can't get 
rotation on the ball doesn't go as far. I said, well, why don't you just have a, a wide receiver glove on one hand and you can grip the ball and they're, they're tacked so that they're grippy in the wet. I'm saying it's not like goalkeeper's gloves. You look daft if you don't. But if you just like one glove on, nobody would really notice because footballers wear gloves kind of thing. And he actually gave... I, I paid a he bought a pair of wide receivers gloves and he gave them to one of the ball boys and the ball boy would hand him the gloves every time he went to take a throw in in the wet. Did it for a couple of games. So um I have manipulated American football into Scottish football folklore. Quite impressive. Yeah, uh, impressive. Also on the, the Cardinals front, they traded away Isaiah Simmons. Yep. Uh, for not very much. Seventh round. I, but do you know what? And I get he's not... I thought it was a steal, right? And I know he's not played that well, but I feel like the Cardinals haven't played that well. I still feel like uh, well, there's the a lot thing, of upside the in that you, player. You're, you're, bringing in, you're bringing in the the Super Bowl's defensive coordinators and your head coach. You've got a chess piece like Isaiah Simmons. The, surely Gannon must have been saying, hey, I can fix this guy. This guy's going to be my Lawrence Taylor or whatever. And for him to come in... And sees him for a couple of weeks, then gone. If he was, if he's a quarter of Lawrence Taylor, then he's better than ninety nine percent of seven round picks. He's a hybrid, so the, and he doesn't want to play linebacker either. The, I don't think. Well, so. the Cardinals, the Cardinals have done, had been on a, like a weird run of drafting weird hybrid players. They drafted. Just fell off my headset. They drafted. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've completely lost my train of thought here. Isaiah Simmons. You Isaiah really Simmons used. hybrid. Isaiah, so someone I, else. Isaiah Simmons. Zayvon Collins is another kind of hybrid guy. When they drafted him, like, oh, he's going to be a pass rusher as well. All that stuff. Uh, Kyler Murray is a hybrid quarterback. Let's be honest. But but I mean these like linebacker. Yeah. Um, something else hybrid. So, like Dion Buchanan was a linebacker hybrid safety guy. Like mm. they've just not been good at drafting players on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and that defense now looks awful. I, I'm a little bit surprised they didn't trade Buddha Baker. Yeah, because... and you know what? It's the name that stands out. And the other person that's going to kick up stink this year is Hollywood Brown. Right? They're the two noisy people in the camp that are going to be looking to get traded away. Oh well, that's a shame. The, Hollywood, the really, Hollywood the, Brown's already done that once in his career, and this is where he wound up. So, some people would say that's what you deserve. The really interesting thing for the Cards is they've kind of doubled down with their trade with the Texans in the draft by getting the Texans' first round pick next year. So they really are saying, just in case we don't get the number one pick, we're going to make sure we've got the draft capital to get the number one pick because if, if they this... get one and two. Like, that'd be incredible. <laughs> One and two, you can get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. No, 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 no. You get Caleb Williams, and then whoever you deem to be the second best quarterback, and then you've got a a fifty percent chance, better chance of not having a bust at quarterback. I, I like that would never work though. It's a hot take for the chaos. prediction. Well, the 49ers had Montana and Young at the same time. Gordon, it worked for them. They won the Super Bowl. Did they draft more than draft once at the same time though? Did they? No, no. Um, but they did certainly go out for young because they liked him. Yeah. Uh, the Packers did it with Aaron Rodgers and then Jordan Love. 
but that's another conversation. Well, Kirk um, Cousins, Kirk Cousins, and RG three they were drafted the same draft by the whoever the heck their name is this week. <laughs> um, right, okay, so let's uh, round this one off then. Predictions. I feel like all we've done is trash the Cardinals. The Cardinals will not go 0-17. They will win some games. Um, just not sure who against, but yeah. What do you see this panning out? I've already, do you know what I'm going to start? Because I've already said the 49ers. So I'm going to say 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. Ian. I think it's Seahawks, 49ers, Rams and Cardinals. 49ers, okay. Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. With with a little bit of doubt in one and two, I think this is probably the easiest division in the NFL to pick. The 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 order of the four. That my my I know I've said this probably eighteen times in the last few podcasts. One of my favorite things this season is there is one team in the NFC who at the start of the season should not have be considering themselves as a contender for the six or seven seed, and it's the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to be awful. They're, they're over-under set at three and a half wins, I think it is, three wins. Like, that's one of the lowest over-unders for an NFL team in a while, and that's with the extra game now. Uh, how does it compare to the Texans? Surely theirs has been pretty low last couple uh, of years. Yeah, I, I don't know in preview, I don't know what the previous years have been. Um, I, I don't know the Texans are going to be like, again, don't think they're going to be good, but I don't think the Cardinals are going to wind up with one and two. I think it's going to be like one and five or something like that. Hmm. Um, just having a look then to see the over-under of anybody that's lower. Uh, the Cardinals, I'm seeing at four and a half. Um, the Car- Cardinals are on a website I'm looking on just now, which I won't name Cameron to avoid you. That's fine. Trouble. Yeah. Uh, it's three and a half, but it's like what the Americans would term minus money. So the under is expected based on based on them. Fine. Um, for Houston, it's five and a half. So Fine. like five wins is kind of where they think they'll be. Okay, on to the AFC West. Uh, to, the answer, most... to, answer the, to answer the first question you're going to ask, no. No, no one else is winning this division other than the Chiefs, unless Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. They're not. I, the question not. I was going to ask is: Is this the most that. exciting division no. in the NFL? No, because we already know who's going to win it, unless the quarterback gets hurt. And we're good every year for the last few. Days, oh, oh, this could be the year that the Chargers catch up to them. Oh, what about oh, Sean Payton's there, and what's he going to do with the Broncos? Patrick Mahomes exists. Andy Reid exists. Unless he gets hurt, they win the division. We genuinely thought this was going to be one of the most exciting divisions. Although we all picked the Chiefs to win, it felt like the Broncos with Russell Wilson was an exciting new era for them. It felt like this was the next step forward for Justin Herbert. And then for the Raiders, it actually felt with Devontae Adams coming in, you know, maybe they were going to take a big step forward. Have all three teams regressed? And have the Chiefs kind of just stayed the exact same? I think the Broncos probably have taken a step forward because I think the the difference in coach will be significant. Regressed from where we thought they were this time last year rather yes, than how they actually because, performed. Because we were all idiots for thinking yes. the, rest of the division was this good last year. Yeah. I, so, I also yeah. I think I think the Chargers are probably a little bit better this year as well. 
but last season we underrated the Chiefs and we overrated everyone else. Yes. And I think, is it hope or is it expectation? Like, is it that we're hoping that the Chiefs are going to come off? Are we expecting them to drop because it's just so unusual for a team to remain so dominant for so long? I, I think it's like, it's a little bit of a, almost like a boredom thing in the sense like, you know, like when Aaron Donald was dominating for years and people can't see this, but there's Ian has put on some flashing glasses, which are incredible. Um, when, Aaron, when Aaron Donald was like continuing to dominate and other players were still winning defensive player of the year, it was the same thing with JJ Watt early in his heyday. There is just something inherently about us as people who we kind of want to knock down and hope that the really good team just aren't as good anymore. Like, we're kind of desperate for the Chiefs to not be as good because it make things more, makes things more interesting. But I, I think one of the most interesting things about the AFC is that they're so good because other teams like Buffalo and Cincinnati have given them runs for their money. So it's kind of elevated everyone to try and chase them, just not in the West. Um, Fine. Is there any other scenario other than Mahomes um, getting injured where the Chiefs don't win it? If Herbert just takes a huge step forward again. If Travis Kelsey gets injured? Nope. Not significant enough to derail that offensive game? Don't think so. Okay. Valdez Scantling, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Desire Pacheco. See, I, I've, Pacheco. I've, got, I've got a bad Isaiah feeling that, Jesus. That, that Herbert's just going to end up being... Philip Rivers Mark II and that he puts up ridiculous statistics every season but just doesn't win anything. And it'd be a real shame. I, I and I wonder whether it, actually Justin Herbert's best scenario is that the Chargers decide to move on from him early enough in his career that he can go somewhere else and thrive. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um Okay, so if we're thinking then the Chiefs are winning, if nobody disagrees, best to the rest. Is that a simple Chargers? Or is there anyone else there? Can the Broncos or Raiders do enough? Can the Raiders do Have the Raiders stepped forward here? Like, Jimmy G, I don't know with Derek Carr. This is the one that I'm kind of interested to see how it pans out. It's not an exciting story, but it's an interesting one because I genuinely feel like Derek Carr's a bit underrated. I think that Jimmy G's maybe a bit overrated because he's performed so well um, in the 49er scheme, but I'm not sure that he'll achieve the same somewhere else. I just, they're, I don't they're know. The, they're the same picture. Therese, that meme from The Office, the US version. Right. Corporate wants you to tell the difference between these two pictures. It's the same Gordon, picture. Gordon, you have to explain <laughs> what a meme is to Cameron. <laughs> I... The most he doesn't. He's mean to me every single episode. To be fair, that that's actually just uh, cruelly appropriated by me. If we had to explain a meme to anybody, it would be Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if cat if cat turns posted that Paul probably has liked it already. Um. <laughs> so, I the most interesting quarterback in the Raiders roster is Aiden O'Connell because he was really good in preseason. And I think Garoppolo will be fine. I think the Raiders will hover around about six or seven wins. 
He'll be in playoff contention till late in the year. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Mm, we will see. Fine. Okay. Um we need I feel like we need to give the, the AFC West more attention than that. Let's talk about the oh, no, we, should, we should. We should talk about yeah, all the teams because they they're all in the playoff hunt. It's yeah. The the big question is will Sean Payton get Russell Wilson clicking um back to the form that he had in Seattle and um does Sean Payton have that same drive that he had when he first arrived at the Saints? Has he been refreshed after his sabbatical? And if both the answers to those questions are yes, then the Broncos everyone knows statistically how difficult it is to beat them in, in mile high because of the altitude, etc. A very raucous crowd, a team that's playing good football, they become a destination where nobody wants to go late in the season and they can become a team that, that gets well into double-digit figures when it comes to wins it is really that unknown of what will they be like under Peyton I mean historically Peyton has always had people think of him being a kind of very pass heavy coach when he drew Brees but he's, he's not he, he he runs the ball at least half the time when he plays so they're going to be a run heavy team and will they get Russell Wilson then playing off play action like he did in uh, the Seahawks? Because the, in Seattle, they like to move him into space where he didn't have offensive and defensive lines in front of him so he could see the entire field and make a pass because because he's height. And it's is, is that going to happen in, in Denver? And it's I, I kind of like some of the players that they have, like at receiver... Um, I like Marvin Mims Jr. Jerry Judy's now going to miss some time, which sucks. Um, and that probably is something that's going to impact his like long-term financial situation in the NFL because he's been hurt quite a lot. Cortland Sutton, I think, isn't as good as he once was. But there, there is, there's plenty of talent on this roster, and I absolutely think they can compete for one of the, one of the wild card spots in the AFC. It's just... If you look at this roster, like it's not even just Peyton has to get Russell Wilson better than he was last year, because I think he'll absolutely do that. He's got to get him back to like peak Russell Wilson in Seattle at 35 years old in order for them to win this division. And I just I just don't really see any way that happens. The the defense, I think, is the bet that I'm most interested in in Denver because I feel like the defense is strong. Um, and I feel like is very good. Yeah. And I feel like Frank Clark brings experience. He kind of knows something off the other side of the Kansas City Chiefs um, offense. So perhaps he can help unlock how to shut them down the, a little bit more. Might, the Chiefs might have an extra Super Bowl if he could have stayed on side. That is true. But we can't hold that I'm against. We're not, we're not picking up on offsides. Um, no. Is that good a pass rusher at this point? What I'm quite interested in, and I think I'm right in saying this, is that out of the Broncos 53, four of them are undrafted free agents from 2023, which I don't know if that talks to how poor the roster was in the first place, that the draft picks weren't particularly brilliant. Or, or what it speaks to. It feels like quite a high number. And I don't know if I'm right with that. Looking through the rest of the division, I think there's at most one, maybe two of the Chargers. So um, it's, it's high. However, 
they didn't have as many draft picks because of the Russell Wilson trade. So there's only one, two, three, four, five. There's only five draft picks who've made this roster because that was all they had. So at that point then, like you're filling, unless you go out and sign a ton of free agents, the back of your roster probably is going to have to get that. Like that's maybe, there's maybe like one, maybe two more than should be expected here. But I think given how small their draft class was, they were always going to have to have some undrafted free agents make the roster. And again, it's, I think it talks about lack of depth. Certainly on offense, there's not a lot of depth there at all. Um, you know, you, I, if you've got Javonte Williams who picked up a running back now. I know they're not that important, but you still need to have someone playing there. If he picks up an injury, good, then you're at Sanjay Perry, yeah. And then you've got Jaleel so, McLaughlin. Samaji. That's what I said, Samaji Perry. Smudgy, smudgy, call him smudgy. <clears throat> that just means smudge. <laughs> oh, uh, that's just bad pronunciation. I didn't say it wrong, my I just got tongue tied. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting, right? It's Sean Payton, he's not going to turn it around in a single season. But uh, t- who finishes second tier, I think, is the most interesting conversation. It's the Chargers to lose, but I think that's quite possible and probable that they do lose it um and then it's just who if they do lose it who do they lose it to broncos are definitely the most likely yeah for first second um but it's just it's so hard to see I, the wild thing would be if because it's the head coach as well with the raiders right like how much faith do we have in josh mcdaniels um it would be wild though to see him get a you know a former Belichick quarterback and that be the thing that gets the offense clicking. Yeah, and, and and they are they are going to have Josh Jacobs back. I get it's the Saquon Barkley deal. Yeah, and, little, an extra million for the year play. You know, totally. Uh, and he's playing, and he's a he's a huge asset. Look at what he's done. Uh, Austin Hooper. Is a tight end that can catch, and we know that Jimmy likes one of those. Devontae Adams is uh is probably the most talented wide receiver Jimmy G's played with in his career. Um Jacoby Myers had some pretty good performances as well. Uh Hunter Renfro contributing. There's uh, the defense, there's some talented players there as well. Max Crosby, we know, is disruptive. Chandler Jones is still kicking about. Marcus Peters is a good cornerback. I th- I'm sure you'd still like to have him in Baltimore. Tell me I'm wrong. I- Marcus Peters, I absolutely would, especially given the way the injuries have gone in Baltimore. Yeah. There is, and and I quite like Jacorian Bennett, the the Maryland guy they got in the fourth yeah. round. Um, it's just again the depth is a big issue here on on the defensive side of the ball for them. Their interior defensive line is pretty bad. Um, that's going to be an issue for them at various points throughout the year. I think Max Crosby's really good. Chandler Jones probably a little bit past it at this point um but i mean there there's talent there but yeah as soon as someone gets hurt i don't know that they have the players that can step up randall jones is the same age pretty much as um bobby wagner who quite isn't past it we just talked about how important he's going to be in that backfield i i i I, I did not okay you i didn't ian Ian said it and i agreed I I think he was good with the Rams last season, or could, was he with the Rams for two years? He had he had a good season anyway. After things looked like it was on the downslope in Seattle, 
but his age would really worry me. So same thing's true to Chandler Jones. Okay, fair enough. I got lambasted by one of our listeners for saying that the Raiders were bereft of talent a couple of years ago, and it kind of came back to bite me because they were much better than we expected. I don't think they're bereft of talent at all. I think there's some really talented pieces here, and I actually think they're maybe a couple of seasons away from being an actual really good team if they could fill in the gaps with the right parts. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be flabbergasted if they finished second in this division. I wouldn't be. Um, I, I wouldn't would, be flabbergasted would be, if I they made be, the postseason. I'd be pretty surprised with both. I'm going to, in, when invest, I give them invest, predictions, I'm putting them fourth, but it wouldn't surprise me if nah, they ended up and, finishing and second. And this isn't the NFC. Like, it, with, with the divisions and the conferences as they currently are, I think I would be less surprised if the Raiders made the playoffs in the NFC this year, despite playing in the AFC, than it would be if they made the playoffs in the AFC. Okay. Um, fine. Right. Let's time. Let's time. Let's predict where we think they're going to finish. We'll start with you, Garden. We'll work Chief. in reverse. Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Ian. Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. Okay. And for I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with Gordon. So we are completely aligned on both West divisions. Uh, I think it's the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. There you go. Fine. That is our pre-season previews complete. But before we wrap up this episode, um, the, the, the cuts have been made. Is there anybody that's really jumped out at you as a surprise that you've seen cut? Any of the sort of trades taking place a couple of pickers have been moved around the the Jonathan Taylor stuff the, so like the news today was that the Packers were apparently interested they were apparently which is teams. mental right and, well then the more mental thing though was it, it is especially unless they were sending back Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon like that's just a way too crowded backfield for what you would have to give up my favorite thing though was that apparently the Dolphins and the Colts were having pretty serious conversations, but the Colts wanted Jalen Waddle and more. <laughs> and then Pat McAfee was like, Well, why do people think this is wild? But because Jalen Waddle is a number one right receiver who's just he's the number two in that Miami team. He'd be a number one in a lot of teams in the NFL, incredibly fast. That I mean, there's not a single Colts fan that would um that would turn down a, a single Colts fan who had a rational uh, mindset at the time that mm. would turn down even Jalen Waddle for, for Jonathan Taylor straight up. And apparently they want more, which I think probably tells you that they had no intention of trading for him, yeah. uh, trading, trading him away. At which point though, he's now on the pup list, the PUP list, which means he can't play the first four games of the season. So it's a really weird move by the Colts. Like, it feels and, like they really mismanaged the whole situation. Even putting him on the pup list, does that not kind of weaken their trades? Stalkers, yes. this yeah. is well, another sign that we'll bit. not like, we'll put him on pup and therefore, because they don't want to trade him. Well, no, but I mean, they also don't want him to get hurt. So I think what they're probably hoping now is, okay, Jonathan Taylor is not going to play for the Colts this season. He's either, you know, we're going to maybe get a trade, um, mid-season so we'll take him off the list and he won't play for us later in the year um, and hopefully a star running back gets hurt and we that team are then desperate and they trade 
a second round pick or something like that. What's more likely to happen is the Colts get desperate when they realize we're effectively going to lose this guy for nothing unless they want to go down the franchise tag route, which they have the the uh, cap finances to do, I think. And they wind up trading him away for a, like a fourth. Because someone says, oh, we'll give you this. And they'll go, ah, okay, we want to get something for him. I was surprised by Chosen Anderson being cut because clearly he wasn't chosen. You're going to be surprised because you didn't realize that was his name because his name was Robbie Anderson with a Y, then it was Robbie Anderson with an IE, and then it was Chosen Anderson, and now it's Robbie Chosen. Just <laughs> tremendous, <laughs> tremendous shithousery of name changes there. I didn't, I would not get this. To this, I didn't realize he was now Robbie Chosen. I still thought he was Chosen Anderson. Nope. Hilarious. Nope. Robbie Hilarious. Chosen. Hilarious. Um, oh, dear. Oh, dear, indeed. <laughs> um, any other surprises at all, do we think, or is it not worth digging into? The, so the Colt McCoy thing, I think the... the Desmond on... King surprised me. I'm going to say that. Yeah, Desmond King And, and he's got the Steelers. Me. The Steelers have signed him, which I'm quite upset. Oh, has he? So it's a really good, really good signing by the Steelers, especially because he, he fits what they like out of a slot corner. Like Mike Hilton was great for them, and he's now great with the Bengals. And he's not necessarily like a perfect cover corner, but he's a guy who can play in the slot, can come down and cover against the run, can blitz, do all those things. Like a guy who's really good around the line of scrimmage. So yeah, surprise cut by the Texans, really good signing um, by the Steelers, I think. Kendall Hinton, um, poor guy, never recovered from his unexpected quarterback appearance. He deserved yeah. better. On the um, so on the on the um obviously the Colt, the Colt McCoy thing though, it's apparently his arm's just gone, and that's why. Right. So he's oh, probably okay. not getting picked up. How, he, he must be a certain age. Yes, he must be a certain old. age. Yeah. Um. I see. N- n- Nathan Peterman has been cut as well. That's not necessarily a surprise. Poor Nathan Peterman as well. Um, trying to scan the list if there's anyone in there that is a particular stand. It's it's hard. There's so many names at this time of year, um, and it's it's difficult, obviously, without understanding the full context of who they've kept. But um, Anthony Brown being cut by the Ravens did that surprise you? Back on the practice squad, probably not a huge surprise. Do you think I- so? I mean, Fine. Tyler Huntley's going to be the backup. Josh Johnson apparently is coming back to the active roster. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I don't, the big surprise for the Ravens for me was um, Caillou Kelly, formerly Caillou Blue Kelly. For some reason, the Blue's been dropped in the last couple of days. Their fifth-round pick out of Stanford, they cut him. I don't mind the fact yeah, that they were willing to... The other cuts, the one that seemed to be catching the news was, was the Bailey's app. Appy cut because Bailey Zappi looked like he was a good backup option. There was a lot there that was quite Bailey Zappi is not a terrible quarterback if your barometer is Mac Jones is an okay quarterback. Neither are particularly good. He's back of the practice squad as well. Malik Cunningham, I think, is also in the practice squad. I think I could be wrong. Tim Boyle cut from the New York Jets. That will upset Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, we know about his close relationship with the Boyle family. Um, that might hurt him, I suppose. Um, 
other than that, Ian Book, I didn't even realise that Ian Book was at the Eagles. So obviously he's gone from the Saints to there, but not made it onto the Eagles team. No, Tanner McKee looks pretty good in pre-season. Yeah. So. And for Ian Book, that's the end of his story. Yeah, fine. Okay, well, we'll not drag this out any more than we need to. Um, Why well, do you? Sorry, could we do one it, one other one other cut story that I do think is true? Yes, is loads of people today are praising how cutthroat the NFL is because uh, Doug Peterson's son did not make the Jaguars' final fifty-three and is back on the practice squad, which is definitely an example of how cutthroat the NFL is, and not actually an example of how nepotism works. Definitely not. It's definitely about the NFL being cut through. <laughs> definitely. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, okay. Any other things to cover before we wrap this one up? If you haven't seen it, I suppose go and check out our Pick'em contest that starts, goes all the way through the season. Delighted to announce that this year it will be sponsored by Loch Lomond Whiskies. Uh, Loch Lomond continuing to heavily support the podcast, so please do show them some love if you can. Join the Pick'em contest. Loch Lomond have not only sponsored it this year, they've put up the biggest prize we've ever had. So biggest value prize uh, for the Pick'em. You will get, if if you win, the crown of Pick King or Queen of Scotland. You will get the NFL jersey of your choice. You will get access to the Stromash Fantasy League for next year uh, as our 12th man or woman. Um, you also get a bottle of Stromash Loch Lomond whiskey and two tumblers. And there might be more to come as well. So make sure that you take part in our pick We do talk about it just every single week. We like to compare how we're doing uh, and we'll continue to do that. Beyond that, I think everything, you know, we're getting ready for week one. We're getting ready for our week two event live at uh, Top Golf in Glasgow. Very excited about that. We've also got news coming very soon about a live event in Edinburgh. Uh, we'll be returning to the Golf Tavern. All of that to come very, very soon. But I think that's the full time whistle for this episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you've enjoyed our pre season previews. We've still got a couple of pods before we get into NFL action. We will all get together if we possibly can and put some proper predictions down on the line. Uh, And we'll try and catch up with a few other people as well. But until next time, thanks for listening. Bye for now. (laughs)